What's good live, everybody? And a welcome to a very special episode of What's Good Games. That's right. We have been talking about doing What's Good Games live for a little bit now, a couple of weeks. And now this is our official first episode. Spoilers, there's going to be technical problems. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... uh, Brittany, you're here. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, and this is Brittany Brombacher. Hello, Nothing hello. I know that. It's me. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the smoke to start billowing out of one of our PCs, probably in your studio that you're in right now. It's probably where it's going to happen. Yeah. No, it was interesting. Before we went live, like literally right before we went live, Brittany's like, wait, 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 something's wrong with the audio. And I'm like, listen, here's the thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be problematic because... As you guys know, everybody's in quarantine right now, particularly here in California. Over the weekend, the governor was basically like, no, but for real, I mean it. Stop leaving your houses. <laughs> and so that means that my normally very fast um, gig internet is being very finicky because everybody in the neighborhood is probably streaming Disney Plus or Hulu or Amazon or something. Um, so thank you for bearing with us, but we're glad that you guys are here. Um, and because we are... Well, we have been streaming so much over the last week. We finally hit affiliate status last night. (laughs) Hey. Hey. Very exciting. And so we have been talking about doing more streaming for a very long time. And we're really glad that What's Good Games Live is finally here and it's happening. And that so many of you have been like, how can I support you guys on Twitch? I want to give you my free Amazon Prime sub and all of that jazz. And so we finally just literally got that turned on moments before we went live. So we're going to be working on getting some custom emotes so that you guys can use those. And of course, doing sub reads and all of that fun stuff that all of the Twitch professionals know how to do. (laughs) That is not what we are, but we will get there. It might take us six months, might take us a year. We'll figure it out. Exactly. It'll it'll happen in time, and we appreciate your, your patience. patience. I feel we like we this say out. this every week on our main show. We appreciate your patience. Yes, we are. Indeed. But two so, ladies. Brittany, do you want to maybe get us started with some some announcements? I would love to. So. If you're just listening to this for the first time because you downloaded it later on your podcast, preferred podcast service. Yeah, so this is What's Good Games Live. The idea is every Monday we will do a show on twitch.tv slash what's good games. We had previously announced that we were going to also stream on YouTube and Mixer, but now we're exclusive to Twitch for, I don't know how the paperwork works, Andrea, you were telling me about it. It's just it's just for the live portion okay. of this show specifically. Yeah, so we're just going to be streaming on twitch.tv slash what's good games now. And it goes live at 11 a.m. And then after we're done doing this thing, we're going to take the audio and upload it to podcast services. So you'll have another What's Good Games podcast in your feed, hopefully by Monday, early evening-ish. And um, that's going to be very, very exciting. We're also going to take the video and upload it to YouTube as well. So if you miss the stream, you can go to youtube.com slash what's good games. And watch it there. It's going to be fantastic. And of course, we have our Twitch chat open so we can talk to our friends in chat. And also, what's goodgames.com slash DRWGG if you want to submit a question for the show. And yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. You it's crushed gonna be it. Good time. Go team. And this does not impact our Friday show at all. I mean, it, it will in the sense that maybe we won't cover as much news on our Friday show, but the Friday show is still proceeding as usual. Yeah, I think the idea is that the. 
news portion, the first segment of the regular show has been getting incredibly long. <laughs> and what we want to do is maybe just kind of take a couple of pieces off of that first segment and then focus on some of the stuff that we missed because as you guys know, we record the show on Wednesdays for the most part. And so any news that breaks on Thursday or Friday, we don't really get to. And by the time we get around to the show the following week, it feels like old news. And so we really wanted to have a way to be able to talk about some of the things that happened over the weekend and then also kind of trim down that, that first segment of the show so we can get to, you know, more interesting things like featured segments from, you know, Patreon producers or more hands-on opportunities to talk about stuff to, that we're playing. Like so. Yakuza. Yes, exactly. Oh, Are we so going to talk good. about Yakuza today again, Brittany? Is that the plan? I mean, I could talk about it. This whole show could just be the Yakuza podcast. I mean, there's a market for that. I think. I think there is too. Oh, dang. Uh, Dark Knight 6678 in chat just said the Tokyo Games have officially d- been delayed. Oh, the Tokyo Games show? Hmm. How about the Olympic Games? Well, what's- oh, the Tokyo Olympic That's Games? That's my guess, yeah. Well, I think, you know, after Canada announced that they were not going to send their athletes until it got postponed, they probably kind of stoked the fire a little bit. And it, I mean, it, it was interesting. I was talking with, with Renjaman and Salt Snake also a lot about this last time when we were playing the Division 2. And I was making some jokes about how, you know, they could just train like Rocky, just go outside and lift some logs or something. Adrian! <laughs> Run up some stairs. But, I mean, they made a very valid point that, you know, Olympic athletes are very highly trained athletes that need specific facilities in order to train at the peak and optimal level to compete on the world scale like the Olympics. And they can't do that right now because gyms across the United States are closed or closing um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I that mean, a, a meager treadmill would not do anything for an Olympic athlete. Some stairs, a sweat suit, a meager treadmill. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, but we're not here to talk about COVID nineteen or the news of the world. We're here to talk about the news of video games. So let's get into it. Our first story is about COVID nineteen. Sad one. <laughs> I mean, like it's kind of spilling over into everything. <laughs> but just as like a reminder for everybody watching, in case. It wasn't explicitly clear. What's Good Games is not medical professionals. Brittany and I are not doctors or work in the field of medicine. Do not come to What's for Good Games for medical advice. <laughs> Please seek the advice of <laughs> professionals, not us. Yeah. As if I needed to explicitly say that, I'm going to explicitly say I'll it I'll just now. give you a bottle of whiskey, and that's not going to help. I mean, it will help you, but not in the way you need. So don't listen to me. <laughs> That's true. Um, But, you know, this story might make you want to have some whiskey. Mm -hmm. Um, So this comes from Kotaku, and the headline is GameStop finally closes stores to customers. GameStop will close all of its stores to customers tomorrow, switching to a delivery at the door service for locations that remain open. Company CEO George Sherman said in a letter to employees today that was obtained by Kotaku. Shoppers will be able to order games online by using the GameStop app or with QR codes at stores. They can then pick the games up curbside at stores that remain open through the coronavirus pandemic. Some states like California and Nevada have forced the struggling retailer to shut down its locations entirely despite GameStop's protests. Sherman also said in the letter that GameStop will be giving 80 hours of extra paid time off to those employees at closed or closing stores who are eligible for it and two extra weeks of pay to those who aren't. The CEO emphasized that any employees who do not feel comfortable going to work at stores doing delivery should tell their supervisors accordingly. Quote, we respect that everyone has personal situations and preferences. So your decision will not impact your position with the company. End quote, Sherman wrote. This news comes in the wake of a week of 
full of confounding moves for the retailer, which has been struggling financially over the past three years as customers move to digital stores. As the United States intensifies its response to the pandemic, GameStop was slow to react. First, employees complained that GameStop did not adequately supply them with cleaning and sanitizing supplies. And as states began shutting down businesses in hopes of mitigating the spread of the virus, the retailer told employees to stay open regardless, claiming it was, quote, essential retail. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean... It's just, I mean, obviously all these stores closing is bad, but I'm surprised. I was surprised. Were you watching this kind of all unfold? Over of course the, yeah. I was watching it unfold. It was so wild watching them just continually backpedal. It was interesting. So you guys may have remembered a couple of weeks back, we had friend of the show, uh, Drew on um, Endorphins SE and he was talking about his positive experience with GameStop as a former employee. And we had some of you reach out and say, hey, thank you for you know, letting people know that it's not all bad. But then we also had some of you reach out and say, yeah, well, actually, my experience was not like Drew's. I had a terrible store manager and a terrible regional leader, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it just goes to show that you know there are a wide variety of experiences. But he and I were talking about this. Because I don't know if you heard, Brittany, about that leaked phone call, that regional call that got leaked no. online. A YouTuber like posted it and was commenting on it. So essentially, it was like a like a call with a bunch of different store managers from a specific region. I can't, I don't know this. I don't know all the details, and also, I also don't know if the call was verified to be real or not. But essentially, it was a bunch of managers on a conference call with the le- the regional leader asking questions about how they're going to be handling it. And it just it just was a it just was a bad look. And the thing that Drew said about it, because I went to him and was like, "What what do you say to this? Like, how do we how do we kind of wrestle with everything after just having talked on the show about the things that they did well, and then they just completely bungled this?" And he said they are literally um, digging the hole they're in with an excavator instead of a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I was just looking into this too and it started last Monday, the 16th, where GameStop was putting out these you know, press releases or whatnot saying that they're providing all these sanitization, sanit- sanitary measures. You know, they're doing like Purell or uh, disinfectants and whatnot. It turns out like all these places were back ordered. So the employees were buying the stuff themselves if they could. Obviously, you know, supplies are hard to get right now. So bathrooms were closed because they were out of toilet paper. People were using their own personal disinfectant. I saw a photo on Twitter of people making like X's out of tapes, out of tape on the floor, telling customers where to stand. And this regarding this essential retail memo to staff that was sent last Thursday. So obviously after we recorded the show, the quote is due to the products we carry that enable and enhance our customers experience of working from home. We believe GameStop is classified as essential retail and therefore is able to remain open during this time. We have received reports of local authorities visiting stores in an attempt to enforce closure despite our classification. Store managers are approved to provide the document linked below to law enforcement as needed. So like you're telling your employees, yo, if the cops come in, just show them this little like memo and explain to them how video games are essential retail. If that's, you know what I mean? It's just so fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked. No, I mean, it, it definitely was. And I think that they absolutely handled it wrong, but like, I get the panic. I get, I can't, I can't imagine feeling responsible for tens of thousands of jobs 
in going, okay, what do we do when they're telling us to close down our stores, particularly stores in the, some of the most profitable parts of the country because the, they're the most populous, and then going, okay, well, we can't, we can't really close down. Do we want to close down all of our stores? What about the states that aren't really affected? Thinking about like my home state, North Dakota, um, I don't know what the current count is, but like um, a couple of days ago, like there was only like one or two like confirmed cases in the entire state. And then they're like, well, are we supposed to shut down all of our stores there too? And I think GameStop is just one of many retailers that's struggling with this right now. If you think about just how many brick and mortar retails retailers exist throughout the country that aren't selling just video games that are selling all kinds of things. Um, and it's hard. And I think what, what they did is that they didn't really respond to each of the individual state guidelines. Instead, they were trying to adopt a policy for all stores. And that's kind of really where they miss misstepped. And then of course, you know, not listening to employees saying, Hey, like I, I can't come in. Like I may be hourly, but like maybe they have somebody in their home that they're, taking care of that's in, you know immunodeficient or maybe they have elderly family members or other people that they're caretakers of and they're like I can't risk you know infecting them and it's it's tough you know because you want those people to feel like they're taking care of too and you're asking these giant behemoth companies to turn on a dime and they're just not used to doing it but you know what you gotta learn how to pivot I guess pivot pivot yeah and right now like GameStop really I mean I heard that their business is booming because they were one of the only places still open but right now like they can't really afford literally to shut all their stores down but like hey like shit happens and this is the perfect example of shit happening take care of your people well, the good news, I think, for them is that hopefully, you know, now that they finally have made the decision to shut all their stores, which was the absolute right call, is that they still have their online infrastructure mm-hmm. and that if people have things that they want to be able to order directly from GameStop, they can. But I don't think people do. I think people are, like, real mad. They were real mad at GameStop before all of this happened. And, like, in the court of public opinion, you know, as we like to look at it, I don't think that this is going to help them at all. No, no. And, it's just it's the tragic part for me. Yeah, I mean, like Reggie. What's Reggie going to do? Right, he doesn't start until the end of April. By the way, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think it's going to. Yeah, well, rip. yeah. I just think it's the the thing that I'm sad about. I'm not sad about like the corporation GameStop being hurt by this. I'm sad about the people I know that work at GameStop being hurt by this. Right, like mm-hmm. I always talk about the the human face behind the corporation whenever you know people like to accuse me of being a corporate shill i'm like i don't ever shill for corporations i shill for people people that have faces that have lives that have families that have you know passions and dreams just like you do you know those corporations are made up of people real human beings on the other side of it and they're the ones who are suffering from the people at the top who are making these decisions yeah anyway it's a thing. I'm off, my, games I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on to something that I was going to say that's a little more uplifting, but it's kind of not really. Let's, let's just dive into it. Okay, Sony reportedly pulls Mario Creation from Dreams after Nintendo complaints. Whoa, never saw that coming. I am so shocked. Sony is reportedly pulling a Super Mario creation from Dreams after Nintendo issued a complaint, according to a report from Go Nintendo via Eurogamer. Dreams player Piece of Craft took to Twitter to talk about their creation getting pulled from the game, alleging their Super Mario model, which is available for other players to use in their own dream creations, was taken down. Piece of Craft also stated that they received an email from Sony Interactive Entertainment Europe that said Nintendo had issued a complaint about their intellectual property being used in a Sony game. 
game. Piece of Craft's Mario model can be seen used in other user creations. It's unclear if those creations have been impacted by Sony's decision to remove it. Piece of Craft followed up again by saying that they can no longer edit the Mario creation as it's been marked as removed due to the copyright material. Quote, I can remix it, but the original I can no longer edit, and others will not find or be able to use. Not too sure what will happen to levels that use the Mario. I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's kind of a slap on the wrist. And then real quick, business attorney Richard Hoeg of Hoeg Law and Virtual Legality notes that this isn't entirely unexpected development given media molecules passed with Little Big Planet, but the terms of service agreement appears to cover Sony on issues like this. Quote, Nintendo is well within its legal rights here, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good business decision. Different companies are going to have different tolerances for the use of their property by others, even if infringing. And I think many game companies have essentially decided that use of their IP and Steam's and streams, art, and places like dreams ultimately serves more as positive marketing than anything else. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, Media Molecule opened a special beta for dreams that allows creators to use their creations for commercial use. So this doesn't apply to video games right now. I mean, game creations, it applies more to concept art or music videos. So I suppose if you have a music video of Mario twerking that could be taken down by Nintendo or a um, game in general. We, you know, it's interesting that we were talking about this when we were streaming some stuff, um, you know, just last week, because in dreams we found a super Mario level when I was playing with Anthony and we were all like, how can, how has Nintendo not completely just like taken that know, gone after Sony and like, it's like, boom, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm sure Nintendo, I mean, Nintendo's always had the history of doing this, right? So it's no real surprise. It's just interesting. I wonder if it has anything to do with this new beta program, which I think it's cool that Dreams is doing, that you can take your creation and do stuff with it. But obviously, if yeah. you make something based, I mean, there's a lot of games and Dreams that are based off of existing IPs. So it's just bound to happen sooner than later. Yeah, I, I mean, this was something that we also talked about when Dreams was first announced and like we kind of saw through early access just how extensive the tools were and what people were making. I mean, you know, we when I was playing with Anthony, we played a Sonic game, we played a Shrek game. <laughs> I mean, there's all, we saw somebody make PT, like there's all kinds of licensed stuff there and we never really got a really clear answer from Media Molecule and Sony Interactive about how they were going to handle other people's IP inside Dreams and now this is, you know, clearly coming to bite them a little bit. But hopefully they can get it worked out and that, you know, the people who own these IPs are going to be understanding about fan creations versus being, you know, mean about it. But yeah, it's hard because I, I mean, I get Nintendo yeah. has to do this to protect themselves in the sense that they were to go to court and be like, yeah, we've always done this. This isn't a special case. I don't know how the legal shit works, whatever. It just probably looks better if they consistently get rid of their shit. But at the same time, I feel like recreating iconic characters like that is something a lot of aspiring game developers are excited to do. But, you know. Yeah. I'm with you, girl. No Nintendo creating. Don't, don't do it. Your shit's going to get no. pulled. No. That's why we don't stream anything Nintendo. Literally ever. Makes me so sad. Not that we don't want to. We just don't. Yeah. Um, okay. On to the next. Um, most PS4 games will run on PlayStation 5, Sony clarifies. Mm. During Sony's Road to PS5 presentation, writes 
Polygon. Lead system architect Mark Cerny said that, quote, almost all of the 100 most played PlayStation 4 games will be compatible with the next-gen console at launch. Now, that didn't inspire much confidence about the catalog, and after two days of uncertainty, Sony clarified the statement on Friday, quote, we believe that the overwhelming majority of the 4,000-plus PS4 titles will be playable on PS5, said Sony's Hidaki Nishino on the PlayStation blog. The top 100 wording, that was a snapshot of how the development is going now. Mm. Sony said it expects backwards-compatible games to run at a boosted frequency on the PS5, which will provide higher or more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. The company is evaluating PS4 games on a title-by-title basis to ensure compatibility with the PS5. Sony has tested hundreds of games so far and will test thousands more as the console's holiday 2020 release window approaches. More are expected in the months ahead. So I think this is Sony's third time trying to clarify (laughs) that statement and i get it it's kind of confusing i've i mean i i don't know i mean i i personally wasn't that confused by it because i was like okay well they're taking the top 100 games that or yeah most played games and they're working on those individually and each game needs to be individually tested because of the way the system infrastructure and all the way to techie mumbo jumbo i don't understand but it's funny that these watching these statements continually come out over the weekend it's like did they nail it did they finally clear the air it's like Sony hasn't done marketing messaging before, but they have is the thing. That's the thing I just don't understand. It's like, I feel like we talk about this almost every time some kind of blunder happens with a PlayStation announcement, but like they knew. I think this is a great moment to look at what Nintendo did with Indie World when they did the live stream with all of the Nindies that were supposed to be at the Game Developers Conference, they were very explicit with what was a timed console exclusive, what was free content or digital in-game content at launch that would be available for purchase later. If it was part of a pre-order, if you were going to be able to buy it later, you know, and like, I think that that's showcasing that Nintendo knows what people are going to ask in on the Reddit. You know, like afterwards to be like, yeah, but is it exclusive forever? Is it just exclusive for now? And blah, blah, blah. And I think Nintendo was like, yeah, no, we know exactly what questions you want answered. So we're just going to get ahead of it and just put it, build it into the messaging, which was super smart of them. Mm, but which not- is basically no mother three. That's all I ever hear is no mother three. That makes me so do you, sad. Do you actually still think that Mother 3 is going to happen? Yes. Like, real talk. Real talk. I do. I mean, it's it just needs to be officially localized. That's all it needs to happen. That's all it needs to happen. I have the fan tra- translation. I have the Japanese Game Boy Advance cartridge. I just want, like, the real thing. I want Earthbound. Just give me Earthbound, too. Just give me... Andrea, I'm really upset about this. It's been far too long. And now that Reggie's gone, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I feel like Reggie was like the last tie that because it was always kind of the joke, right? It was our way as fans, as fanatic fans of knowing that we're getting the message across (laughs) that we fucking want mother. Now he's gone selling cars. I don't know what he's doing. And I'm sad about it. Well, I don't want you to be sad, Britt. No, it's okay. How can we fix your sadness? I'll just go play the fan translation. It's fine. I just want it on okay. my Switch. It's not the worst thing in the world, but, you know. Well, I don't I don't blame you for wanting it on your Switch. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Shall we do the next story? We shall. The next story, GDC Summer announced. Ooh, this comes from GDC's website. 
So, taking place August 4th through 6th, GDC Summer will be a three-day celebration of all things game development, featuring multidisciplinary educational inspirational talks and a freestyle two-day show August 5th through 6th. GDC Summer represents a unique opportunity for developers to get up to speed on advances in the field while mixing and mingling in sunny San Francisco. Don't wait until your next don't wait until next March to drive your career and business forward. GDC Summer's conference program is comprised of the high-quality technical content mixed with valuable roundtable discussions to foster conversation and connection. The event will also host a new series of microtalks and fireside chats, as well as dedicated space for comprehensive career development sessions covering topics such as how to pitch your game, effective communication strategies, how to land an investor publisher, and business development strategies. Registration for GDC Summer will be opening soon, so to subscribe to GDC email newsletters to be notified first. So, I was reading this, and I was like, what... Three weeks ago, Andrea, it was three weeks ago that we found out that GDC was canceled. That seems like a lifetime ago. Oh, my God. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So this is it, this is interesting because I appreciate the optimism and of, you know, hopefully by August, things will not be so terrible and hopefully we'll be living in a better world than we are living in now. Um but, you know, at the same time, who knows what's going to happen? I think we, none of this, no one really knows what to expect. So I guess, like, let's remain optimistic that things will be sort of back to normal by then. I, but it just, just doesn't seem like right now even talking about getting everyone together for an event. I imagine that this might be something that's more tailored to local attendees, perhaps, by that point. At least maybe those who are in town can attend or in California, but who knows. Yeah, no, the joke about this, though, Brittany, that I had to restrain myself from laughing out loud at Uh, is the joke about it being sunny in San Francisco in summer, because as anybody who lives in San Francisco knows, summer in San Francisco is the worst. Mark Twain said the coldest winter I ever spent was summer in San Francisco. (laughs) Really? Yes, summer in San Francisco is terrible. Oh. Like if you get if you get uh, okay, define a sunny terrible. Day, I'm talking like you have to wear like a pea coat at night because it gets so cold. Like we're talking like upper 40s in summer, like in July. Oh, in the evenings, and then like you get this crazy wind. The fog is always around. Because mm, I mean, there are exceptions, of course, where you can get some nice days. And like later in August and more into September. Like, you know, the weather gets much nicer, but I mean, summer in San Francisco is not where you want to be. Yeah, because you were in San <laughs> it's Mateo. Not, it's not terrible, but like, if we're going to do something in summer. Well, because all I not, remember are those there. summer shoots in our old studio in San Mateo, sweating our balls off. Right, but that was in the peninsula. Right. That's almost 20 miles south right, right. of where the Moscone is in right. downtown San Francisco. Because of the way that it's on the top of that peninsula, like, the fog rolls in and it's just wildly uncomfortable to be there because it's summer and in your mind you're like okay i'm gonna be wearing like a dress or a tank top or shorts or something you know that you wear in summer and it's, it's like it's think not. again bitch like, that's not happening it's all hoodies all the time that's where like all the why all the tech bros keep their their beards and their hoodies on year round <laughs> with the flannels molly morgan chat says i remember having <sighs> to buy a fleece this one time i spent the fourth of july in san francisco right that's insane See? See, when people complain about shit weather, I'm like, well, I mean, I'm in Washington. So it's like, you know, I mean, we've all had our shit weather. But to me, like anything above 70 is beautiful. I'm like, oh, my God. But uh, having to wear a fleece for the 4th of July, that sounds terrible. 
Um, yeah. Also, it's, speaking of this, other conventions around that time that have not been canceled, we still have San Diego Comic-Con, which is July 23rd through the 26th. We have PAX West, which will be in late August. We have Evo 2020, which is the end of July, held at Mandalay Bay, which is currently shut down, as all MGM resorts are. And we have Gamescom still, which is mid... No, that's late August. So, Yeah. I can't imagine Gamescom not being affected at all. Right? And just knowing, like, how many people usually go to Gamescom, I would think that now would be a perfect year for them to cut ticket sales. Because you guys, if you haven't seen the, like, videos or photos of, like, the main entrance during Gamescom public days, it's horrifying. We're talking, like, a crush of humanity, people shoulder to shoulder, all, like fighting for space and I mean when you have like 250,000 300,000 people all in one convention center you're gonna you're gonna spread some stuff just like (laughs) we talked about how when you go to PAX like PAX Plague has been a thing and always has been a thing I mean but it's even it's even worse at Gamescom because there's just like quadruple the amount of people (laughs) you know I kind of want to experience Gamescom I want to experience the insanity like not anytime soon have you have you been to Gamescom I have never been to Gamescom. It is, I think, the only major international show that I've never gone to. And the reason is, is because it's always in summer, it's always incredibly expensive to go there. And most of the time when I work with clients or if I'm, you know, working for an outlet like, you know, I used to work, do freelance work more for outlets, um, they wouldn't want to send me because you know, that's an extra expense. They just send somebody who's already on salary that they don't have to pay extra. They just have to pay to travel for them to go. And so the timing of it also works out that most of the the builds you play at Gamescom are shown at PAX West just a couple weeks later. And it's significantly cheaper to do coverage here in the United States than to have to fly overseas to Europe during peak travel times. But we can experience maybe, it together. Maybe with how cheap the the flights are going to be, maybe this year's the year. Uh, I, I, all I'm saying is we can experience it together. We can have our souls crushed together. And it's, I'm down. Okay. I'm down to look at it. <laughs> I love you because I'm like, hey, let's go get our souls crushed. And you're like, all right, let's go. Thank you. I love If this I was going to get my soul crushed with anybody, Brittany, it would be with you. Thanks, baby girl. <laughs> we'll just eat some whiskey and we'll survive. Um, Ricky Tiki. But you have makes- to drink beer with me, though. That's the thing in Cologne. Beer? Like, everybody drinks beer everywhere. Oh, no, I do. I do. I like me. I like beer. I get really burpy, though. I mean, a lot of people do. So just, you know, you got to love me. Like, got to love my gas. That's all I'm saying. This, listen, we've, we've had many gas moments together. <laughs> oh, I know that sounds kind of gross but um <laughs> i true. just always go back to that moment in the studio where we had just eaten greek before we decided to record a video i, and I had the worst meat burps i know and i was trying to blow them away but then the fan just kept blowing them back and i was like no and the worst part is i was blaming steimer the whole time like the first like two or three i let slide <laughs> and then by the finally the third one i was getting sick i'm like what the fuck is happening and steimer's like i was not me and then it was andrea the whole time <laughs> It was, it was me. <laughs> like that moment from Liar Liar. Oh my gosh. So good. Um, Ricky Tiki <laughs> makes a good point in chat. It says the Olympics got postponed, so I'm pretty sure Gamescom will get postponed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. makes sense. Oh, God, meat burps. Oh, man. Uh, Loki okay. says this is the content I show up for. Thank you. Yes, that's why, um, this is why we love to do 
What's good games? We need to do more, more of this, so we could talk more about meat burps. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving, moving on. Um, Half Life Alex is out, and the reviews are in, and turns out people like it. Yeah. Shocker, right? So. Upload VR has given it a five out of five, saying Alex leaves you with lingering suspicion that there's yet more ground to cover, that there's more for this series and this developer can do with this new set of tools and that this is only the first part of that story. IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. Half-Life Alex has set a new bar for VR in interactivity, detail, and level design, showing what can happen when a world-class developer goes all in on the new frontier of technology. Well, that's also very exciting. Mm. Um, And then we've got VG247 is giving it a 5 out of 5, saying... Alex has been the last week of my life switching between this virtual reality world and the horror of horror of our <laughs> actual existence. Um, let me. Oh, wait, that's just talking about how terrible their life is right now. We'll just continue on. Yeah. Destructoid, 9 out of 10. This is legit, folks. A 10 to 12-hour half-life might finally be enough for you to spring a VR for a VR headset. We can only hope it is similarly reinvig- reinvigorated Valve. Yeah, fingers crossed. And GameSpot gives it a 9 out of 10, saying Half-Life Alex proves that almost everything the franchise did best is elevated by VR. The environmental puzzles that require a keen eye, the threat of a head crab jumping for your face, the cryptic storytelling the series staples are as great as ever here and in its most powerful moments half-life alex confidently shows you why it couldn't have been done any other way <laughs> i didn't proofread that vg 24 7 review as you can tell and i'm reading it i'm like oh sad. that's okay that's okay that's okay I think that the, what we're trying to say is that clearly people are very excited about half-life alex i think that in, at least in my mind, there was no doubt that this was going to be well done. You're talking about Valve's game on Valve's proprietary platform and at the performing at like the peak of that, right? Like, so if you think mm-hmm. about Index, like it's the most expensive because it's, I think, you know, inarguably the highest end of the, all of the VR options. Now, I, I'm not saying it's the best VR option. I'm saying like technically, you know, it can push the most amount as far Fighter. as power is concerned. Fighter. Fighter. Yeah, you want to fight? I'll fight you. Actually, I like quests better. I said it. Um, but I think that the downfall, of course, is that because it is locked to this really expensive piece of machinery, that you then need another expensive piece of machinery to run is inherently going to have a much smaller audience. Now, I hope once we get past whatever you know exclusivity period Valve wants to have for Half-Life Alex on Index to obviously encourage sales of the platform that they will then you know port it to all of the other vr platforms that exist yeah this is exciting i think if there's going to be a game that's going to sell vr units it's going to be this i mean it's half-life and it's scoring incredibly well i mean it sounds like you were pretty confident that it was going to do as well as it's doing in terms of the quality of the game but i mean vr is tricky and vr is still kind of this uncharted territory i mean i know there are a lot of outlets out there that do nothing but vr and there is like a big following, you know, maybe not relative to ma- major consoles, but it's it's cool. I mean, if this game hadn't performed so well, I don't, obviously, I wouldn't be super stoked about it. Um, but now seeing that it's getting all these great reviews, and I'm not really even a big Half-Life fan, I'm tempted just to try it out, because I feel like this might be, you know, the the unit seller that I think we've been waiting on for a while. Obviously, like with Quest, you have Beat Saber, and you've had Beat Saber for a while, another other vr systems but to have like a half-life game on vr and hearing how everyone is saying it's just so incredibly well done 
it's an exciting time. I don't know if it's going to revolutionize VR, but this might be like a moving point or a pivoting point. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm definitely with you. Like literally like everything you just said. Thanks. I'm with you. So agreeable. I love it. All right. And I then mean, we enjoy have... it while you can. <laughs> I totally miss what you just said because of leg. I said, enjoy it while you can. Me being agreeable, that is. I, oh, I know. Trust me. I've, we've been doing this for a few years. I love you so much. All right. The next story we have is the Sonic movie will be available digitally by the end of March. This comes from Destructoid, and I liked it because there are some puns. <clears throat> what do you... Oh, what to do when you want to go fast but can't actually go anywhere. Homebound quarantines can kill a few hours with one of the most successful video game movies ever. Paramount Pictures has ahem, accelerated the digital release of Sonic the Hedgehog. Six weeks after it debuted in movie theaters on Valentine's Day, Sonic will be available to buy digitally on March 31st, and it'll cost $20. This quick transition out of theaters into homes is an example of Paramount following recent trends in light of global coronavirus quarantines. Other studios have similarly released their films early, which is both convenient for consumers and savvy for the businesses. No one can go to theaters to watch those movies anyway. Other versions of Sonic, the physical discs, and digital rentals are all slated for May 19th. Now, Andrea, did you talk about Sonic on the show? Because I still haven't seen it, but I know you saw it. Um, I don't think I did. Yeah, I don't think you did either. I don't think I did talk about it. Mm -mm. Yeah, but I did see it. I did. Um, so I think it was a very, like, fine movie. I mean, it was not the best in my personal opinion as far as, like, Comparing it to other video game movies, I still think Detective Pikachu is probably my favorite video game movie that I've seen. And I thought it was really well done. I'm glad that they went back and changed the animation on Sonic. I think that was absolutely necessary. <laughs> oh, I, thought, God, yeah. I thought Jim Carrey was fantastic. And I thought that some of the little nods that they put in were really great. And, you know, kind of how you see him evolve to become Eggman near the end and the little stinger and the credits, which I, you know, won't mention. But, like, I think that there's some there's some good potential there. I just think, like, the suspension of disbelief that you had to go in with was a little a little much for me. I, I, I just don't appreciate it when movies don't set ground rules of, like, which rules of reality they're going to follow and which ones they're not like because i'm all about the fantasy i'm all about like this like let me fully believe that like a hobbit can like take on you know like an an evil orc or whatever right like because like you have to establish ground rules for what's going to be real and what's not and that movie just kind of like threw them all over the place they're like oh in this scene we're gonna have to obey these rules of physics and reality but over in this scene it doesn't matter and i'm just like wait a minute like it can't be both and that's what like where i got kind of frustrated and then everybody around me was like who cares, Andrea? It's made for eight-year-old eight-year-olds. It's great, and I was like, oh, fine. That, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But you know, I have this thing. Like, you know, I don't watch a lot of movies unless they're Japanese horror films or just films about possession in general. Like, that's my jam. I watch that shit all yeah. day, every day. So maybe I haven't quite honed in this critic when it comes to watching film because I I'll just probably yeah. watch that movie, think it's fantastic. But I, it's funny listening to other. People like because you're not the first person to have this criticism of it. Obviously, I've heard this from other people too. But yeah, it's like I just watch it, I just enjoy it, and I'm like, whatever, who cares? But then the moment I start playing a video game, it's just like, <sighs> so I'm kind of thankful I don't have that with movies because I feel like I want to be able to enjoy them as much. Yeah, I understand that, and I also like a good popcorn flick. I say all the time that I'm a big fan of the Transformer movies, and a lot of them are like 
pretty bad and also have some logic fallacies, right? But I mean, and, so it wasn't that for me. I think there was just one too many problems. Like the, I, I don't, I don't need to go into a long critique of the Sonic. Movie. <laughs> no, please it's do. Fine. <laughs> we can, maybe we can on another time. But like, it's fine. It's a fine movie. It's an enjoyable, fine movie. An enjoyable, <laughs> fine movie. Well, that's yeah, it's all the news we got, baby girl. <laughs> um, well, then why don't we talk to our viewers with Dear WGG? Let's end the show with a couple of Dear WGG questions. Of course, if you guys want to be part of the show, we will be monitoring Twitch chat on What's Good Games Live if you are joining us live at twitch.tv slash what's good games. But if you can't join us live and you're going to be watching the VOD on youtube.com slash what's good games, or if you're going to be downloading the podcast, if you aren't already subscribed on your favorite podcast service to What's Good Games, I mean, you should maybe get on that. Mm -hmm. Um, You could also participate by sending us questions to whatsgoodgames.com slash dearwgg. And we will take a look at them and see... Who's worth answering? Oh. And today, we've got a question from Lionbeard40, who writes, With the recent success of Warzone, do you see Call of Duty releasing an annual Battle Royale game going forward and also possibly shifting their focus away from traditional multiplayer modes? So, Lionbeard, I'm glad that you Lion brought this Beard. up. Because <laughs> over, over the weekend, Call of Duty announced that there are over 30 million players in Call of Duty Warzone, which is phenomenal. That's an awesome amount. I think that it is very good for them that this home work from home self quarantine business happened right when they were planning to release this game. Um, so you're, they're probably getting a little bit of a lift from that, which is great. Which is great. But I've been having a ton of fun. I've streamed this a couple of times. Britt and I, I streamed it last week. I streamed it on Saturday as well and got my first victory. Very exciting. What do you get I'm when you win? Flipped it yet? Um, you know, feel good. Oh, you feelings. don't get like a chicken dinner. No, it's not like the same kind of, you know, like you just get pride. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, because we were playing plunder, we weren't playing the regular warzone battle royale mode because i prefer plunder because i think that what's great about plunder is when you die you can respawn you keep playing in regular warzone battle royale like you die and then you're it's over right like it's you didn't make it to the end and that's why i like plunder because it makes it feel like you have a little bit more of a chance and it's not like you're having to constantly reload into new games i mean that's a big reason why i just don't traditionally like battle royale games to begin with, because it feels I just get defeated a, a lot playing them more so than I do playing regular PvP COD, which is also like, you know, die, respawn, die, respawn, die. Respawn, mm, so what you're saying is again. that you just get a little ego boost. Yeah, I mean, well, you get XP and you know stuff and re- mm. unlock. They should send you, know, you real money. They should send things. you like a five dollar check. Wow, I, what the I, amount I, of matches? Thirty million people? I no, say no. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say no. But to answer your question, Line Beard, I think that. Obviously, Call of Duty has seen the success of the Battle Royale genre. They did a really good job with Blackout, and now we're seeing Warzone really wildly popular. So I don't I don't anticipate them saying no to going forward. I feel like this is definitely going to be part of that because they need to stay on trend and need to keep innovating, and the gameplay just feels so good. I don't know if they're going to shift their focus away from traditional multiplayer modes, but they might scale them back in favor of only the most popular modes Mm -hmm. so that they then can use resources developing modes for Battle Royale or focusing more on Battle Royale development. But Activision has plenty of studios underneath their umbrella, so they could technically simultaneously do everything they were doing with Call of Duty multiplayer and do 
Call of Duty Warzone at the same time because they're they just have a lot of people that work for them. Yeah, I think once you get a battle royale that sticks, look at Fortnite, look at Apex. You know, they aren't coming out technically with new battle royales. They're just innovating on top of what you have because once you have that install base, right? Why split it if you have fucking thirty million people playing your game? So I think that's cool. I mean, it's it's great that they've released because uh, I know Blackout was a thing, and I even though I enjoyed Blackout, clearly it hasn't stuck like Warzone has so far. Let's go. Good job, right. friends. Yeah, and Golden Corsair in the chat says, watching you play Plunder was the first time I've actually been tempted to play a Battle Royale game. This is coming from a person who doesn't even play COD games, LOL. <laughs> well, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you were interested. And I think the thing I would say is if you enjoy first-person shooters or third-person shooters and you haven't revisited Call of Duty in a while, Warzone is free. You literally have to spend nothing to install it and try it out. I did purchase the Battle Pass because I wanted to see you know, some of the progression and kind of like the bump it gave you for evaluation purposes. And I used my own money to purchase that. Activision didn't give it to me. And I, you know, don't think that it's absolutely necessary. The XP boost you get from the Battle Pass is nice for helping to unlock things faster. But you really only get cosmetic boosts. It's not like you have a definitive gameplay advantage Mm. by buying the Battle Pass. I would buy that. Is how you need to, is how you need to, you know, balance your... Free to play games. Um, okay, next question is from Scott. With the economy and pandemic getting worse daily, do you think Microsoft and Sony might delay their consoles? Asking people to spend $500 in November on an Uber luxury item is going to be a big ask by those companies. Maybe launch in the spring, like the Switch? It worked out for Nintendo. Oh, uh, no. No delay. Yeah. I don't, well, the. I, the only world in which I see them delaying is if there's a manufacturing snafu right, right, with right. the factory closures that happened in China. But it looks like China has reopened almost all of their manufacturing pipeline because they were so um, so definitive about locking down specific sections of their of their country that they were able to kind of contain the spread of it. But I mean, I don't. I, yeah, I'm with you, Brett. I don't foresee them delaying. No, these plans are in motion. These wheels are going, man. Yeah, unless there's some reason they physically cannot meet the amount that they want to ship initially, I can't see why they would. I mean, I'm with you. This is not a good time for new consoles to come out because, you know, money's tight for a, a lot of people. And But, you know, I guess that's, yeah, it's shitty. It's true. It's, I mean, but I think, like, you know, despite the fact that they w- will need to be cognizant of what people are buying at holiday this year... I think that retail in general is is really looking forward to having the new consoles to rally around. And there's a lot of peripheral businesses that are kind of relying on those new consoles, not to mention the developers who are making games for those consoles as well. So I, I hope that they don't. But I mean, at this point, the situation in our world is changing every 24 hours. So who knows? Who, who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? All right, let's go to another question. Um, Pick let's a see question. here. What do we got? Sam says, Hey, ladies, I know some of you are fans of action RPGs like Diablo and Torchlight. So I was wondering if you've checked out Wilson Lords of Mayhem. It just launched recently. Now, this was a few weeks back, almost a month ago, actually, and has been getting very positive reviews from players lately. It looks real spiffy. I'm excited to dive in. Would love to hear your impressions if you've played already. Huh. 
I don't even think I've heard of this I game. haven't either. Lords Wilson, of Lords of Mayhem. Wilson. Well, I guess we're going to have to check this out. Has anybody in the chat played Wilson, Lords of Mayhem? It's an action role-playing hack-and-slash dungeon crawler video game developed and published by Wilson Studios and released for Windows in February 2020. Uh, that's probably why it's a PC game. Not that we have anything against PC mm. games, but it's PCs true, are know. hard. PCs are hard. Yes. PCs are hard. Um, as I discovered, just trying to get set up for the Resident Evil 3 demo that I'm going to play with Brittany on stream after we're done with the show this morning, I was like, how do I get back to windowed mode? Dude. <laughs> I don't even like, I don't, I hey, you I know, know what? what so doing. far, everything seems to be working. Nothing's caught on fire. Nothing's broken. <laughs> it's true. As far as we know. Yeah, anyway. we'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Um, but thank you all for writing in. Uh, we'll definitely uh, try to check that out if we have some time. Um, that game uh, Wilson, from Wilson Studios. I already forgot the name of it. Whoops. Lords of Mayhem. Okay. If you can ever, you know, maybe take a break from playing Yakuza. Listen, Andrea, I have sometime. priorities. I cannot get over how good this series is. I am so sad. I slept on it for so long. I am... I have, like, quarantined myself, you know, in the theater room where I'm playing on a big projector. And, I mean, I'm not quarantining myself. That was a poor choice of words. Sorry. I'm just, like, <laughs> that's, like, where I'm living right now. I mean, I mean, you are, though, I, technically. Technically, I am. Yes, I have not left my house in a very long time. Um, and I just can't stop playing. I had to put myself to bed last night at, like, 1.30 because I just wanted to keep playing. But, like, no, I have to get up and be a responsible girl and be on top of my game for this stream today. But I just want to keep playing Yakuza. It's so fucking good. Oh my god. I mean again, do I don't I don't blame you for wanting to just like have the thing that, you know, you're obsessed with to keep playing. But, you know. It's like I, I got Resident Evil 3, I got Final Fantasy 7 coming up. So I'll be I'll be broadening my Yakuza Horizons. I just got to finish Kiwami 2 and then I can move on. Well, good. <laughs> um I'm trying to find the oops, I'm trying to find the um, the window here so I can read about everybody who has joined us. Are you logged in? Are you logged in right now? To Twitch? To Twitch, Brittany? Um, not the What's Good account, but I can be. I was going to see about looking to see if we've, because we've got some, we've got some people who have been taking advantage of the fact that we are now a full affiliate oh. and I wanted to be able to, I wanted to be able to give them some shout outs before we end the episode. So as um, no. as you guys are listening or watching this back afterwards, um, if you do want to join us live, if you're working from home and you have a second screen that you can um, put us up, please do twitch.tv slash what's good games. If you haven't followed us, make sure to turn on the notifications for when we go live. As I mentioned, we're going to be doing more live streams while we're all, you know, sitting at home trying to flatten the curve. And we are going to just kind of, you know, live stream you know, randomly. And my friend Anthony, I believe, is going to be coming back. We're going to be doing some more live streams because he's one of my quarantine buddies. <laughs> I've got John, I've got Anthony Carboni, and I've got Christine Steimer as my quarantine buddies. Um, those are the only people that I've really had any contact with. And so I was like, why not do more stuff together? I mean, that's so, a great, and you did a great job at stalling, but I cannot log into Twitch right now. Okay. Well, then why don't I pull it up on my uh, other computer uh, here? <laughs> oh, God. I'm sure. I'm sure Twitch is like, how many logins do you need? Uh, yeah, like, I, need I think I have them. an old password on this computer. I have a, a thing where you know stores all my passwords. It hasn't been updated in a while. Whoops. Well, now I have to do the I'm not a robot business. Is that the same thing where it was the pooping dog, or is that a different program? Um, that's. <laughs> 
I forgot about the poopy dog. And I bet you people who didn't watch the stream from like, PAX have heck? no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so we, was it Restream? It was something. We had to prove that we weren't, you know, robots. And so one of the things was it was a picture of a pooping dog and you had to rotate it. So it was pooping correctly, you know, to, you know, work with gravity. Because, uh, you know, it doesn't poop up. It poops down. So well, I... I I think the idea was that it was you were just supposed to get it so the dog is facing up, but like we looked at it close and we're like, is that dog like in a pooping squat? Like it's not just standing on all four legs; it's like actually pooping. I mean, What's that about it makes sense because robots aren't familiar with the concept of pooping because they are robots; they do not eat food, therefore they do not need to go number two. So a robot would not be able to figure out that puzzle. I. Didn't think of it See, that this way. Is, this is why actually. I'm around. That's why I'm here. Um, you know, what would I do without you, Britt? What would I do without you? Hello, everyone in chat. Thanks for joining us. So far, first All episode, right. nothing's caught on fire. Like I said, we're doing good. Exactly. Okay, so I've got, I've got it. I found the thing. I found the stream manager page. Good job. Um, so we've got a sub from Mellow Griffin. Thank you so much for joining us and subbing to our brand new channel. Uh, we will get those subscri- subscriber. Um, benefits online in the next couple of days. We've got, what is this? Um, F-W-M-N-B-K. Was that? F what? Buck. Hmm. I don't, this is, um, I don't know how to read that name, but thank you for the subscribe, <laughs> for the subscription, for the subscriber. Uh, we got Fallen Donut who subscribed. Aww, pick it up. Uh, we've got V Spark. We've got, RHG162248, who subscribed with Twitch Prime. Uh, Mondo Burger TV cheered for 15 bits. Thank Mondo you so much TV. for those cheers. Huh. We've got David Jack1919, who subscribed with Prime. And we've got Boone Daigle subscribed. And I think that's it. Oh, wait, no. Um, CDR Bedlam. CDR Bedlam gave out one tier two community sub gift. That's really kind of you. Uh, Dexter Breedley subscribed with Twitch Prime as well. Found on 1000 subscribed for one month with at tier one. And then CDR Bedlam subscribed with Twitch Prime as well. Spelt wrong. Britt subscribed <laughs> at one month at tier one. Um, she the North. Well, I like that. Subscribed with Prime. Uh, Trevor Starkey, Trevor J. Starkey, excuse Ooh. me, subscribed with one month. Ooh, fancy. Uh, Jared 007 subscribed with Prime. Uh, Dreamer Me subscribed. And I think that's it for the time being. So thank you so much to everybody. I know a lot of you have been asking when you can gift us your free Amazon Prime subs. If you don't know that you have it, Amazon Prime gives you a Twitch um, subscription that you can either use yourself or gift. And we would like now, if you aren't doing anything with it, to give it to us. That would help us out a lot. Uh, and thanks so much for joining us for our inaugural official episode of What's Good Games Live. And uh, we will see you guys back here on Monday. And don't forget, the regular Friday episode will be posted every Friday morning like it normally is. And uh, Christine Steimer will be joining us for that episode. I guess for now, this is when we say... Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell.